Hello, everybody. This is Barry Feeker with the Topeka Rescue Mission. You're listening to our community, our mission, a podcast of the Topeka Rescue Mission. Good morning, Marion Crable. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. This is March the 5th, 2022. It is. And it was supposed to be a warm day today. It might be. It might be later, but it sure isn't now. It is kind of, it is kind of, it's April 5th. I (laughs) said, that's right. (laughs) It's not March. All right. Our guest is over here. He's really sharp. Is this a test for our guest to see what it was? So you remember April 5th um, last year? Uh, No, should I? No, because I don't remember it this year. Okay, good. Oh, well, there you go. So this kind of kind of one of those days. It's just a little bit of activity uh, going yeah. on. It's a little here. off, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really it's, is. It's a so, different kind of day. So uh, we have um, had a, a growing homeless camp again, yes. which uh, is kind of down along the river. Yes. And uh, of course, we remember back in uh, twenty when uh, there was this large encampment yeah. uh, east of the Kansas yeah. Avenue Bridge called Tent City. Yes. Railroads uh, came in and um, had people move. That took some time. Got most people yeah. housing. Well, that's kind of built back up again, and so. Yeah. The city is doing an operation today to, uh, because of biological hazards and those kind of things to move people out. The good news is we've got a lot of people working together on yes. this. And so our mobile access partnership is behind the Children's Palace today. We've had record numbers coming today. Oh, I bet so. Not only is the shower unit open and running, but we've also opened up the buildings uh, inside the Children's Palace for showers as well. Oh, because that's great. the numbers were, we were having a two and a half hour wait to get a shower. Okay, that's a little bit of time. A little bit of long. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. We put showers in the Children's Palace. I know. Um, because of COVID. So. And who would have thought mm-hmm. that we would ever really use them the way yeah, they've been used? Absolutely. So that's, that's wonderful. Absolutely. God knew, huh? Yeah, in spite of all things. Yes. So hopefully some of these folks will be able to get services now uh, that maybe so. otherwise hadn't been getting services. So our team is out there outreaching them and trying to help them to feel comfortable and sure. working with law enforcement, fire department, and other people. So in spite of all things, it's, yeah. uh, it's a, a day where people are coming together to love on people. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of loving on people, this is a special month. What is, is. something to do with volunteers? You know, <laughs> those people that really help us make things work, right? Mm-hmm. So April is Volunteer Appreciation Month. And yeah. so all month we like to recognize how we truly could not do the work that we do if we didn't have, have all the volunteers, whether it's at the main shelter, whether it's at the distribution center, whether it's out on our map sites, we just have, whether it's our board of directors, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we just have volunteers at every single level of our organization, and we are just so truly grateful. They give of their time selflessly. They show up to serve breakfast, you know, at like, oh, dark 30. They do, oh, dark like, 30. It's, <laughs> it is such an early, early time that they have to be here. And they come joyfully yeah. um, just to be able to serve the people that um, we are blessed to we serve. We couldn't do it without them. No, we could not. We really not. couldn't. We could not. And uh, the volunteer department, which is a staff of a whole one person. I, I, she and, is uh, an amazing she's one amazing. person. Yep, she's doing great <laughs> and uh, trying to get more volunteers in different areas. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah. And so, MAP in particular. You mentioned MAP, the mobile mm-hmm. Access partnership that's out behind the, the right. palace today. Mm-hmm. That is a constant need for volunteers, yes. you know, and they can do it in different shifts. Um, mm-hmm. It's not an unapproachable volunteer opportunity. Right. Whatever people want to do, whether it's helping people pick out some clothes, whether mm-hmm. it's just um, recording that they're there, you know, and, mm-hmm. and giving them some information. And frankly, it's just mostly about just loving on the people that walk up to them mm-hmm. you know, and getting to know them and mm-hmm. honoring them and helping uh, those we serve to really know that they are worthy and give them some hope. Absolutely. And, you know, I was back there 
um, this morning as well. And just some of the um, connections, yeah. uh, the positivity, the the smiles, the thank yous yes. coming from our unsheltered homeless population just really touches my heart. You know, of course, today is our first day that we've active in, in the MAP program with our new mobile kitchen. And oh, they've got yeah, breakfast out that's there. Right. And you can smell it when you walk up. So yeah. that's attracting a few that was people. Be out there. Uh-huh. It's good. <laughs> it's good. And, uh, and everybody's just very cheerful helping out some people who really, really need some cheer in yeah, their life. Absolutely. Yeah, Especially so. today, I think. Uh-huh. And Especially. volunteers are out there doing that. Isn't so. that Great. Yeah, it is yeah. absolutely great. Yeah. So if you're interested in volunteering, you can go to our website at trmonline.org, and you can find out more about that and um, and also look more into the multiple opportunities absolutely. at Topeka Rescue Mission, the Mobile Access Partnership being one of those. Yeah, so um, we've been kind of looking back um, at uh, the past 35-plus years, which is pretty close to 36 years now, <laughs> um, <laughs> technically speaking. And yes. so that's coming up here this month. It it and, is, uh, absolutely. And there's uh-huh. kind of a special day coming up. Yeah, the day when, I get a nap after <laughs> I'm, uh, I retire. Well, we, we're letting you believe that. I'm, I'm not really sure that that's completely honest, but yeah, we're going to let you not. believe that. No, we, we have this wonderful opportunity on April the 22nd from 2 to 4 at Fellowship Bible to celebrate all that you've accomplished along with other people, but um, your time here and your vision and your ability to see a different future for folks, we're going to celebrate that. And we can sort of call it retirement, but that doesn't feel exactly right because we're not letting you go. Retooling is what I've heard. Retooling, yeah. 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 He's got to get in the shop every once in a while for a little tune-up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Very true. And then we're also going to be welcoming LaManda officially as the new executive director. So it'll be kind of a dual kind of party, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, we want people to just feel welcome in coming and uh, being able to share and say whatever they would like to to you. Hopefully all the kind things. <laughs> yeah, well, let's be careful there. <laughs> <laughs> and also then to just to to welcome Lamanda. Yeah, so it, it'll be a wonderful day. And I know it makes you incredibly uncomfortable. And we're trying our best to make it incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> You've already done that pretty well, pretty well. Well, speaking of somebody who could make me uncomfortable, our guest is here today, um, who is just a Probably one of the greatest guys I know, but still made me feel uncomfortable for many, many years because he was a board member of the Topeka Rescue Mission and uh, happened to work at that time for Adult Protective Services, which which was then called SRS, which now is called DCF. But uh, he knew a whole lot more about homelessness than I did uh, before I started the rescue mission. And so um, he's no longer a board member, but he's still my friend and uh, and still gets in my lunch every once in a while. I mean, we go out to lunch, but he gets in my lunch because uh, he's got opinions. So I'm going to let him talk in a minute. But uh, Miriam, this is a great guy. You've heard about Ron Lutz. And uh, Ron um, uh, was very instrumental in me even Number one, being at the mission, and number two, staying here. So welcome, Ron, to our community, our mission. I'm not sure you're talking to the same guy. I'm not, I, don't know, I don't know that, Ron, what you're talking about there. But, <laughs> well, let me remind uh, you. <laughs> thank, thank you. I, it is a privilege. It's been a privilege to know you for these many, many years. Well, it really you. has been. Thank you, yeah. brother. Yeah. Well, Ron, you, uh, uh, when I was uh, being considered for the rescue mission, I think I had been uh, selected as the next director and hadn't started yet. Um, you and I met a couple different times. Yep. Um, in some public meetings that you were talking about the homeless. Yep. And uh, what was your connection with the homeless working for the state of Kansas and Adult Protective Services at that time? Well, I mean, when, uh, we'd find somebody homeless. We'd get a call saying there's somebody late out on the street. You need to do something with them and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with that mm-hmm. and the years you've been here. And so we would go out 
and trying to find the people, trying to see if we can help them. A lot of times we found them in vacant houses, in garages, uh, in different places. Neighbors would call and say, hey, somebody's sleeping in so-and-so's mm-hmm. garage. And so that's uh, what we try to do. And then with, and in 86, there wasn't, uh, mission was very small, so there wasn't a lot of options back then and how you deal with people. So we would uh, we do the things that we could, you know, you just be as creative as you can, find some landlord that would be kind and generous. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes they told us to get lost. Mm-hmm. So we got lost, you know. Mm-hmm. Ron, I remember uh, as I was um, really understanding the Lord wanted me to come to the rescue mission. I really didn't know much about it, anything. And I remember coming to you and saying, I need to learn from you <laughs> because you seem to be the only guy in town that knew anything about this. <laughs> and and so you and I started developing an ongoing relationship there. And uh, six yeah. months later, you came on the board of directors of the Topeka Rescue Mission. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell, tell me about what you remember about that time and what your passion was at that time. Well, um, I think that... Uh, my passion was uh, probably dealing with people that poor on all different types of levels mm-hmm. and, and, and poor not in just monetarily, uh, spiritually poor, whatever it was. It was very unusual in those days to see hear of a social worker who was a believer in Christ. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't usual. And matter of fact, there was some limits on what we could say. But uh, so I, th- I think that my upbringing, uh, coming from my background, it lent, lent itself to that because I was raised uh, off and on in poverty and homeless. Been homeless myself a few times as a child, and so it was uh, it was a natural draw. Um, but it was also something that uh, God had me do, kicking and screaming, because I said I would never ever work for SRS. <laughs> And, yeah, that's uh, generally the fatal, fatal <laughs> statement. Exactly. <laughs> you don't usually, yeah, you know the, you know the cliche, mm-hmm. don't ever say never. But it, <laughs> it, it, was, it was that. And then uh, a, a conviction uh, that uh, as, a, as a Christian and as a, a body of Christ, we really weren't doing much in the realm of, uh, in the realm of taking care of the poor and needy. Mm-hmm. And we failed miserably, I think. And, and so that was... <laughs> That was something that I wanted to ignite as well, get more involved. And so that was basically So the, the mission kind of um, was that connection between um, the call of Christ um, to love our neighbor, to mm-hmm. reach the poor, to help those mm-hmm. who are in need. And, and also you're, you're, you're really an expert, you and a few others. Working in adult protective services, uh, remember Jane and yep. Karen and yep. and those that we worked yep. with. Uh, but you guys, you really knew it. Well, I was I was very grateful for that, and and eventually said, "Will uh, I need more of your help?" And you willfully said, "Okay, I'll come on the board of directors." Yep. Um, Things were a little tough for me in that first year, um, <laughs> to say the least. As we see Topeka Rescue Mission today, it, it was very different then. What 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 do you remember uh, that you could paint a picture of 1986, 1987? Well, I mean, I go before that, uh, and con- you know, I remember when uh, Reverend Beast of Field was here. Yes, I remember. I can't remember the person before that, and I remembered the uh, paucity of services that was available even for the mission. It mm-hmm. just was limited of yeah. what they could do. And matter of fact, there was no family services, mm-hmm. and so uh, that was something that we looked at and. And even though I didn't have a, a, a lot of knowledge about missions, per se, rescue missions, per se, I mean, I knew that we, it was here. I knew that they had 
stood for Christ, and that was the number one thing, and people need to know the Lord. And if they know the Lord, the rest of their life they can deal better with it. I mean, it makes things easier when you know the Lord. And so, uh, but it was uh, a different era. I mean, it was really a different mm-hmm. era. I don't think there was a general public uh, awareness of the problem. I don't think there was a public concern about the problem. I don't think that, uh, uh, I think the public was ignorant, and I think the body of Christ was ignorant about the problem. They didn't know. I mean, I could tell you stories about my church and taking people to places, and they would say, I can't ever do that again, Mm -hmm. because they just, the shock of seeing what people who live in poverty and how that worked, it was... uh, devastating to them. I mean, it's just, you, you, you don't, you don't expect it. It, it seems odd now to, to think that way, but that was really uh, very accurate of what it was like because yeah, people yeah. didn't want to hear about it. They didn't want to yeah, see yeah. it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's not even comparable, but you know, we're getting pictures of Ukraine right now of the atrocities mm-hmm. going on in Ukraine and people are finally going, Oh, this really has to stop. There has to be something done. And, and while it's, it's apples and oranges here compared to the suffering, um, there, there's still some, things about us as human beings that when we first see a thing, we don't understand a thing. We don't know what to do about a thing. We see the suffering of it. We have to stay with it or we'll just walk away from it. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't, if you, if, if you reflect on that, there is a culture of homelessness. Mm -hmm. And I remember we've been into conferences dealing with that and having speakers talk about who are homeless and how they have a difficult time leaving that behind. They even have backpacks at the doorways. To ch- so mm-hmm. there's a culture of that. And how do you, how do you, from outside that culture, infiltrate that culture in a way that there builds trust mm-hmm. and, and, and that? And it takes time to build trust. I mean, we didn't go mm-hmm. visit homeless people at SRS and get, get things solved right now. Yes. Because you, there's there's no, that big trust issue. You a, had to, you had to work. There's not a pill to take to no, cure no, this thing. No, no, unfortunately not. And and I I remember. You want to talk about McDonald's? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you remember about McDonald's? Uh, I mean, I've been there quite a bit since 1986. Uh, in yeah. fact, I think I probably should be a franchise owner by now. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was much my privilege to be able to talk to him after board meeting. I, I love the guy, you know. And, and, uh, he needed a lot of talking to. <laughs> and, 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 and we 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 loved the Lord, and we loved what, working for people that were poor. But you, Marion, mentioned that your vision. Well, I would guarantee you, in February, I think it was you said February. Nineteen eighty-seven. We were we were at McDonald's until uh, one o'clock in the morning. It's two. <laughs> was it two? Oh yeah, it was. One o'clock is when my brain shut off. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, we were out there, and Mary mentioned you had a vision. Well, I, I, I will tell you in that parking lot, he had no idea what his vision was. I, I don't think Barry knew what his vision was. What in the world, Lord, did I get myself into? Absolutely right. And I think that that is a problem for a lot of us in different things that we do. What Sorry. are we getting ourselves into? And uh, I, I remember that. Uh, it, it's very tough. I mean, we, we talked about philosophies, too, mm-hmm. a lot, about mm-hmm. what the mission should look like and, mm-hmm. and things that we didn't think should be going on that we need to, to upgrade mm-hmm. and change. Yeah. And, and we talked, even back then, I think about, uh, I think you mentioned it. I mean, what are we going to do about families? It was either there or another conversation that he talked about families. And um, I was impressed with that because, obviously, God was working in Barry's life. Yes. I don't know how much Barry knew that. <laughs> But God was working very much in Barry's life. 
And so we had that conversation. Well, the thing that stood out mostly to me that particular night, we spent a lot of uh, different long evenings together after yeah, board meetings yeah, processing, yeah. okay, how do we take this thing that we've got to work with called Topeka Rescue Mission, the homeless issue, and how do we go from where we are to where it could be? Had no idea that it would go here um, mm-hmm. after all these years with all of this. But this was a tough place for me to be because I'd come late April. Um, of 1986. By this time in February of 87, and it's winter time, and it was a hard winter, I was just about done because there wasn't staff. Yeah. It was me and the homeless guys. We By that time, we had a couple of uh, other people that joined us on staff. So it was myself and, and two staff. And uh, I didn't know sure I wanted to do this anymore. And I said to you um, about that one o'clock or 2 a.m. time, <laughs> just to be real transparent, um, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. And uh, you said, why? And I said, I don't know that I want to play God. And what I meant by that was life and death situations okay, yeah. were being made. Yeah. You know, uh, here it's winter. People that may come to us were not equipped to deal with some of the mental illness. We're not equipped to deal with some of the intoxication. Bringing some people in, sometimes they were dangerous. Sometimes they tore the place up. Sometimes they could create injury to others. And sometimes I had to tell people they couldn't stay, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was done. I was basically wanting to run like crazy and didn't see any any end of this road at all. Yeah. And it really never did end. It just, it just got better. And I remember you saying this to me. Okay, if you're not the guy, get out of the way. Yeah. Um, either God called you to do this or he didn't. And if you are not the right person, get out of the way so the right person can get in. And if you are the right person, then do your job. Yep. And I go, okay, there wasn't a whole lot of wiggle room in that one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ron, that was one of the most fundamental, foundational wake-up calls, gut checks. I went home that night. I was praying to the Lord till probably 4 o'clock in the morning. And I said, God, is that you? And, of course, yeah. Um, he used you to speak to me to say, stay in the game. And yeah. uh, that either I was the right person or I wasn't the right person. I would not have all of the understanding that I needed, but I could ask. And yeah. I want to thank you for just being that, that plain. When the first time you were the last time you were that plain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have learned in life that God tell, puts words into our mouths mm. yeah. for a reason, not just for you, but for me. Because as a social worker in all protective services, we were making decisions like God, you know, and yeah. and uh, I, we, you have to fight that draw to be in control and have mm-hmm. power and all of that kind of stuff. And it scared me to death personally. Yeah. I didn't want to be in that position. Yeah. But I never wanted to be a social worker, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a CPA and make a lot of money. <laughs> and, and Social worker CPAs, aren't they about the same level? No, no. no. I, had a, I had an accounting professor in the in in, in second semester of accounting, and he told the class he's there to either make mice or men out of us. And at the end of the semester, I saw him someplace and said, pass the cheese. <laughs> and because, because that's not – and the next thing I know, I'm – going to be a sociological researcher, but God said, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in social work. So, I mean, it was a circuitous path for me to get into social work from there, but that's where I fit. So well, you, God, you, God knew that, and I didn't. You fit very well, and then you brought those God-given assignments to the rescue mission as a friend, as a person on the on the ground level in the streets, and then also as a board member of the rescue mission. But 
it wasn't just to kind of do what we had been doing. Nope. It was to go somewhere else. Yep. Um, you um, retired from the board here a few years ago, yep. um, but you spent a lot of years with the board, yep. a lot of years. And what do you recall about this journey that oh. Topeka Rescue Mission would go from where it was to where it is today? I don't know if I can do that without breaking up. You know, I mean, I really don't know if I can do that, but uh, you look at this and you look at the journey from from a building falling apart to two beautiful shelters to a beautiful building originally set up for child care. You look at that and you would have said in 86, no way. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first building project that we're doing for the men's shelter. You remember Jim Olson? Oh, yeah. Great guy, yeah. great guy. Community Resources Council. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he was a great guy. I love Jim. Came up to me and he said, Ron, it'll never happen. You'll never get this community doing it. But, you know, if you look in the Scripture and all the people God used for his purposes, you can see Nebuchadnezzar. You can see Cyrus. You can see Artaxerxes. You see all these pagan kings and stuff, how God used them mm-hmm. in a miraculous way. And then we see the same thing happen here. Not that these people were pagan or stuff, but God used people that we would never thought to do that. And he knows who I'm talking about, one big businessman who got very trapped into making a presentation to mm-hmm. a whole bunch of uh, executives. Mm-hmm. And let's put it this way. You've got the rescue mission and you've got these large corporation executives and smaller corporation executives, multi-million dollar places. Okay, you've got a broken down Yugo. And then you've got a Bentley. <laughs> yes. So, so adjusting. How do you? How does someone working in that broken down Yugo environment speak to the people with the Bentleys? Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. But God, God does. does. Yeah. Yes. And He has. He yes. has. Ron, you know, uh, when we uh, in 1989, uh, March the 15th, <laughs> it was actually March oh. 1989, <laughs> the 15th. Um, the, uh, the rescue mission old building began to collapse yeah. and, um, we, um, had to do a lot of quick work. And I remember a Saturday you were here, there was a guy named Pete Gear and Hank Lockard. Mm-hmm. They were with Ekdahl, Davis, DePew and Pearson. Yep. And we had asked them to come along to talk to us about, um, another shelter because right. the one we had, we're going to work anymore. And we were going to either go out of business and they threw out a price tag to us of $1.5 million to build yeah. what we would call the main building. Yeah. And we go, well, that can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and those guys went with us to uh, Lincoln. They Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, we went right. to Lincoln, Nebraska mm-hmm. to look at that shelter. And they came back and we all said, nah, we don't think so. Yeah. Uh, sheetrock walls don't fit too well. And, right now. And all of uh, a sudden, okay, this is just, I mean, it was a God thing. Yeah. Just, just pure God thing. Never before had this happened in this com- community, ever. <laughs> Nothing like this, okay? You get... People coming up and saying, "I'm going to donate the blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. We're going to build. Put. We're going to do labor for the blocks, and we're going to do this for the building and that for the building." And people coming around saying, "Look, we can loan you this money 
to build this thing for 4% interest, which was really good at that point in time. And Barry, he's looking at that candle, can <laughs> carrot, and he's going, uh, he got the board, you know, this, this looks pretty good. And we all looked at Barry and said, no, it's not going to work not gonna that happen. way. And, and we pr- truly believed, as Barry did, that this thing was going to get built. Yeah. It was going to be God, not us. People came, Sibelius, Kathleen Sibelius, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. outside in the cold, sleeping for a fundraiser. Yes, she was. And, and it was cold. And my, my little refrigerator box that I had out there, I about froze mm-hmm. to death. Mm-hmm. And it was a... It was a 140 community leaders sleeping outdoors and got a real picture of homelessness. That yeah, Isn't that yeah. I mean, who, who would have thought that would happen? Because mm-hmm. business, community leaders said, you guys are crazy, this isn't going to happen. And so we, it happened. And, 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 and it was just, um, I don't, don't think that we were shocked or surprised but we weren't exactly sure what was going to happen, but it happened because God wanted it to happen. And it's okay to be awestruck, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. God yeah. does that a lot with us here at the mission. He but He strikes us. Took a man, the right Reverend Barry Feeker. Yeah. <laughs> the right Reverend. Yes. <laughs> look that up. <laughs> uh, that's what I used to call him, the right Reverend. Anyway, uh, we he, he took that man and transformed him. Not the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, not the same guy that started. Yeah. Not even close. And you see this growth through the years for Barry. You see his faith built. You see his his humility stay intact, not prideful, not not patting himself on the back till his arm breaks, nothing like that. And you see how God used him. Yeah. Um, don't know what to say about that, but I, I thank you. I, I, Ron, I remember. Well, I want to thank you for the $500 you gave me. To say that, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. just uh, we need that back for the Monopoly board for later. Um, you know, Ron, uh, uh, something stands in my mind is that we, we had this building collapsing. Uh, we had to build another one. We said, okay, where? And uh, one night after a board meeting, you and I walked across the street yep. and walked around these old buildings and just really began to sense the Lord was telling us yep. right here. Yep. And you remember that night? Oh, yeah. It's in the dark. We're walking oh, around. Yeah. We're praying. We're and we're saying, the okay, we kind of got, got, got a little <laughs> Jesus bumps on us, you know. We yeah. started, okay, right here. And so we just uh, did that kind of charismatic thing, which you weren't and I wasn't either. But we said, we're going to claim this for God. Yep. Okay? And, uh, you know, from, from a Bible church guy and a Baptist guy, that, that was something we didn't do much. But we did that night. Yeah. And we said, we're going to claim this for God. And then we ran into all these problems with that property. Oh, man. Legal entanglements well, and yeah. environmental hazards. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and everybody's saying, it's not going to get built there. And I started going all over town and looking for different places to build this building and kept coming back. And one day I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, why are you wasting time? Mm-hmm. I told you and Ron where this building's going to be built. <laughs> no, yeah. And sure enough, that's where it is today. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. We had businessmen that we had to help with that. And the city came in and uh, just, uh, you, you look at that and you say, Really, back in those days, you'd go say, "I can't be possible. This is happening." And you see the building built, and and it was built. Uh, the architects were just great. I mean, this building, the the mid shield. People don't know about this. Was it was in the AIA, the the uh, architectural Institute, mm-hmm. Architectural oh. Institute of America's uh-huh. magazine, and that mid shelter was in there. 
okay, the design and everything that was done to that because mm-hmm. it was the best design building at the time. At the time, mm-hmm. wow. yeah. it was. And we're talking were, about revamping it I now. <laughs> yeah, talking about yeah, and and you and you and you grow with these things. God doesn't always give us the, the end picture. Sometimes right. it, it, there's a He's got a plan. He's got a path, and you go down that. And and you may not be aware of what he's where he's going with you, right. but he he has a plan, and and you we we sit back and we can say what an awesome God he is, yes. and and but he was an awesome God while we were doing it too, sure. and so and so it just uh, it was just amazing and just a fascinating time for me, and I uh, as a board member have to say. I, I didn't do a thing. Yeah, not true. <laughs> the mission and. That did for me. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. You did a lot more than you're seeing, giving yourself credit. Seeing for. God's amazing love poured out and seeing. Yeah. And you know, Ron, that is, that is a consistent story um, since I've been at the mission that I hear all the time. You know, um, there are people that surround us that we feel like are giving so much to us here at the yeah. mission. And yet each of us feels like we are getting more than what we're giving. Yeah. So I, I appreciate what you're saying and we hear it so often yeah. that it just confirms how really special yeah. this ministry is. Oh yes, it is extremely special. What it's done for the community. I mean, uh, people that hated that cross yeah. says, turn them around and say, hey, put it back up. <laughs> <laughs> and they, That's people the absolute that, truth. <laughs> God used atheists. He used all kinds of people to help us build. Sure. I mean, because he's God. He can do that. Yes. We can't, but right. he can. And I remember we got done with that building, and we all looked at each other and said, ah, this ain't going to last long. We knew once it got done and the way the shift was uh-huh. with, with the homeless that we were – not going to be. It wasn't going to be built uh, yeah. big enough. Yeah. And and but the other thing that we did that Barry was behind was getting the family shelter above that old rickety building. Uh-huh. We not that hadn't happened. That hadn't happened. I, I don't. I don't even know if it was in the thought process. It never was in the people I talked to that ran it. Yeah. And and we hired um, Lowell to right. Lowell was oh, yes, yeah, Lowell, uh, Lowell uh, oversaw uh, that. Right. And and. Nancy. Uh, Mm-hmm. And then, then it started to collapse, and there goes the family shelter. But it was something that was needed. Yeah. And um, We had no idea that there would be a shift in homelessness, and we'd need a Hope Center later on because yeah. at that time. Yeah. I have to say, though, that at times, Barry drove me absolutely crazy. <laughs> well, of course you had to say that. <laughs> because there was times, you, there was times you wanted to ta- I wanted to take the key that was in his back and turn it off. <laughs> Because it, he just wouldn't stop. We're about out of time for this podcast today. <laughs> he, he wouldn't stop. You know. Oh uh, well, I got We got to do the SIP program. We got to do this program. We got to do this program. We got to do this program. It was like slow down. Yeah. And and you know, as board members, we had a philosophy. We weren't there for the board. We were there for him and the staff. That's what yeah. the board was. That that was amazing board. It was the yeah. best board I've ever been on. It wasn't about the board. It was about the staff, yeah. always. Yeah. And we Still were not is. going to do anything to hinder him. And we realized that God was talking to him in ways he wasn't talking to us necessarily as board members. Sure. And so we had to pay attention what his idiotic idea. I mean, his, mm. his, his fabulous <laughs> ideas. Well, were, some of them were. <laughs> <laughs> that were. And, and you just see, I mean, it's just all about God. Yes. And, 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 and Barry being a willing Vessel, isn't that what we all have to be? A yes. willing vessel. Absolutely. And amazing things happen when that when it happens. And amazing things happened here with the mission. And then the 
obviously the coup de grace on this was the family shelter yeah. built without even hardly announcement of it. We had seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars before well, we even. Actually, we had one point one million when we had the uh, um, announcement made that we hadn't told anybody about that just came in, <laughs> and so and that wasn't the last time we'd see that kind of thing happen. We saw it with Children's Palace as well. Yep, yep, yep. But, you know, just, just, I mean, there's so many in 36 years, just yep. miracle after miracle after miracle. And, and, and I think that all of us who've got a chance to be on the front row of that have just been in awe. We yep. never get tired of the yep. awe. Yep. We yep. just don't. We never want to. But it, it, that awe turns out into not just the provision, but what it does, just like we're seeing today in the streets, yep. like we're seeing in our shelters, like we're seeing in the parking lot behind the Children's Palace today with uh, people being touched and helped. And, you know, Ron, there's been over 60,000 people that have stayed here since 1986. Wow. 60,000 different people who have been sheltered at the Michigan. How many millions? We could count when we got into the millions of meals. But but each one of those translates into a life touched. You know, before we we conclude today, there's some things that didn't exist. in our community around this issue of homelessness. And and uh, one of them is a very robust, uh, b- before we started working on this, one of, today is a very robust, what we call Topeka Shawnee County Homeless Task Force, yeah. which uh, has about 70 members to it today. Oh, really? Yes, is it that does. Many? <laughs> it does, yes, 70 members. Wow. People are interested in working wow. directly with the homeless and these different providers and different uh, citizens and churches. Do you remember the Homeless Task Force uh, back in 1986? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember get, getting that started and, uh-huh. you know, the people that were involved. Uh, There's like four people. <laughs> uh, and, well, or, or they worked with agencies that served. Uh, yeah. Sue Wheatley Community Action, Karen Hiller, who's a current city council member. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, was, she was housing and credit council. That's right. You, me, Sue, Sue Wheatley, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And myself, and uh, I don't know if Nadine was on there at the time, Nadine Birch. But, Nadine Birch, I think, uh, might have so joined I us at one on. time. And, and... Uh, then the uh, federal program, you're going to have to jog my memory on that one, where we had to do the uh, emergency show, uh, pieces of uh, a... Shelter uh, plus care? Or the continuum of care? Yeah, I think it was something like that. It, it was it was before that where the federal oh. government said the communities in order to get homeless money has to come up with yeah. a plan. Continuum yeah. of care. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, so the, right. and so Barry and I uh, got the emergency shelter part of that. So we had to write that component of that plan to submit to the feds. Yeah. And yeah. that has proved to be so helpful for our community. Oh, and yeah. and uh, we just saw the city awarded uh, $1.7 million here recently because yeah. because of some of those foundational things. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of things people don't know about that were very instrumental of starting. And Ron, you were very much a part of that um, oh. to see Topeka Rescue Mission where it is today. Before we close today, one thing that you kind of got into your blood. Um, was in darkness a light still shines. Oh yeah, oh. and uh, book uh, wrote back. Oh good, it's about twelve years ago. I want to say now. I don't know, ten years ago at least. Um, it's but, been uh, a while. But yeah. it's about fifty-two stories that uh, were my first twenty-six years at the mission. Gosh, ten years ago. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. And, it would, it would uh, have been ten years. And so, um, Ron, that book uh, you just didn't read it, but you did something with it. Yeah, I did. Um, well, fifty-two books. Uh, and 52 chapters, 52 lessons. And so I, um, first of all, before I start about that in darkness, if you haven't read the book, read it. And be, bring some tissue paper. <laughs> <laughs> because we've got, a, we've got a Job story in there and all kinds of stuff. 
And, and Jessica Hosmer did such a marvelous she job his, uh, taking his note and putting that together. Kudos to Jessica. Yes. She's such a sweet lady. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I uh, did a Bible study at our church for that. And um, it was supposed to, be, uh, supposed to be for 52 weeks. And we ended up being about a year and a half on it. Oh, on that goodness. I developed a, a little study guide with it to go <laughs> along with the chapter and 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 um, but I hated that book and I'll tell you why <laughs> I got tired of being convicted mm-hmm. every chapter yes truly agape love in that book mm-hmm. you want to see God's love at work people come here yes this mm-hmm. is God's love being exhibited out into the community. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, that's, that's what it was. That's what the book was. From the beginning chapter to the guy with his pants falling down. Yeah. And, and, and I understood that one. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. I, I could relate to that one because we got calls about that kind of stuff ourselves at Protective Services to, to all the way to the, the man that had lost his family and mm-hmm. the Job story. I think it was chapter 44, something like that with the Job story. Mm-hmm. And it was... Uh, you saw not just, it wasn't just it wasn't about Barry. Right. It was about the mission, mm-hmm. and you saw how the staff worked amazingly, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Smelly people coming in, drunk people coming, as he said. But in the early days, what people don't necessarily know about Barry that I have to tell. <laughs> is, this was supposed to be about you, Ron, not about Barry. Is 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 uh. He, uh, word got around that Barry used to wrestle bears. <laughs> okay. Uh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, and he wrestled bears. And you know what happened with that, don't you? There was no violence in the shelter. Because <laughs> there was men at that time. There was no violence because word got around, don't mess with Barry because he wrestles with bears. That's and, actually true. There was uh, a few times... Uh, Friends of mine went to one of those uh, wrestling matches when we were kids, and uh, there was a, a bear um, that was part of the thing that they were looking for somebody in the audience to wrestle the bear. And so um, uh, all my friends put me up to it. And so I was getting ready to get in the ring with the bear. No. Uh huh. Absolutely. Of course, the bear had a muzzle on, you know, and all that. And the bear was sitting on a bench drinking a bottle of Coke. Um, and. Uh, uh, a, a guy stepped into the ring who was this big wrestler guy, and that bear thought it was time to wrestle. Hurt that guy pretty good, threw him out of the ring, and I go, nope, I'm not getting in that ring for nothing. And uh, But the reputation got around that I was the bear wrestler, so I remember this one big, tall, oh six-foot-seven intoxicated cowboy. He was going to tear the mission up, and and uh, I came in, and I told him he had to leave, and, and uh, I walked into that old men's day room, and and uh, he was giving me the four what with and telling me what he's going to do to me in no short order. And uh, somebody tagged on his, his his coat and said, he's the bear guy. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, sir, um, I didn't realize this was you. And uh, I will stop right now and do whatever you tell me to do. So I lived, I rode with it, even though I never got in the ring with the bear. <laughs> oh, that's priceless. Now, let me tell you the true story about Barry and the bear wrestler. Uh-huh. He wasn't a kid. He had a teddy bear, and he would wrestle the teddy bear. Now, that's well, the that's real true. story. That's true. That's true. That's true. I still have I that believe. teddy bear, by the way. Yeah, that teddy bear is just right tight there on my pillow tonight. So, Ron, uh, just want to thank you for all your years of service, yeah. obeying the Lord, coming alongside a guy like me, coming alongside this this community. You were never a yes guy. 
you were always, we're going to figure this out guy. And, and the reason I admired that in you is you had Jesus in your heart. You had the practical experience on the ground of seeing suffering like very few people did because of your work and social work. And you bring those two together. It helped a guy like me to stay in the game. Uh And I just want to say thank you for helping me stay in the game. I would have missed out on a whole lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, just thank you for uh, being a friend of the poor, the homeless, the broken, and my friend as well. Well, thank you very much. It's been my privilege. And I guarantee you that uh, none of you know none of this would have happened without God. And, Absolutely. And, and, and he guides and directs us, and he gives the, gives the glory to him because that's where all the glory goes. Yes. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah. Well, Ron, thanks for being with us, and thank you for listening to our community, our mission. Uh, You've heard uh, us talking about uh, something that happened uh, three and a half plus decades ago uh, about uh, some of the foundational things that uh, had to happen in order for us to be here. And a a great man, Ron Lutz, who just has been a faithful uh, supporter of the mission, not only in word, but also in deed. And so um, there's many people like Ron that have come through over the period, over these years. And I'm so grateful for every one of them. So if you would like more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to our website at trmonline.org. That's trmonline.org. And again, this is Volunteer Appreciation Month. And so if you'd like to volunteer, there's a place to figure out how you can plug in and maybe be like a Ron Lutz yourself. Thank you for listening to our community, our mission.